Welcome to Booked All Night, a podcast about the young adult and middle grade books that keep us up till dawn. Hosted by myself, Jessica Tuckerman, Magdalene Ann, and Daniel Stanton. Fair warnings include language, spoilers, and rude-ass pets. Subscribe to Booked All Night on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you got your podcast fix, and make sure to leave a nice five-star review of the show before you go. Then, visit bookedallnight.blog for more book reviews, blog tours, and roundups. Tonight, we have a very spooky special show for you. Joining <laughs> us is friend of the podcast, Rob Cook, who will be narrating the chilling tale, Night in Werewolf Woods by R.L. Stein. As we finish chapters, we will be faced with choices which may or may not allow us to finish the story. So, listeners beware, we choose the scare. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for doing this for us again. This is always super fun when you come on. Okay. Would you like me to go through the uh, the back of the book first, uh, give you the summary, or do we just want to jump into it? Oh uh, yeah, give us the give us the little blurb that comes. With okay, it. the little blurb thing that comes with it. It's vacation time. Your family is going to Woods World Caverns. All the kids say terrifying creatures roam the woods at night. Werewolves, trolls, hideous monsters. But you're not scared. Well, until your mom makes nerdy Todd Morris come along. And Todd insists that the two of you have to braid the dark woods on the night of the full moon to find his stolen treasure. So can you survive until sunrise? Alive. God damn it, A scary adventure is all about you. You will decide what will happen, and you decide how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one. Then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. If you make the right choices, you will escape the werewolves of Wood's world. If you make the wrong choices, beware. Done. So take Done. a long, Done. deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one to give yourself goosebumps. Wonderful. <laughs> Let us, We're gonna die. <laughs> let us start this thrilling tale. Ah, well, no, um, I just got kicked out of my Kindle account, so we're gonna take it. <laughs> <a second. laughs> Even your computer naturally, was like, no, it's naturally. too spooky. All right, give me a sec. Night in Werewolf Woods. Nerd alert! Nerd alert! We interrupt your perfect summer vacation at Deepwoods Lake to bring you this special nerd news. Your parents have invited their best friends, Mr. and Mrs. Morris, and their super nerd son, Todd, to share the cabin with your family this year. You can't believe it. Your worst nerdmare has just come true. Oh, this can't be happening to me. You say aloud as your family's minivan pulls up to Woods World. You've already spotted the Morris's car. It's parked beneath a string of colored lanterns hanging over the entrance to Woods World. Woods World is a cabin community that your family has vacationed at every summer since you were a baby. And then you spot Todd. He's gawky, stringy-haired. He wears very thick black-rimmed glasses. Dresses, those two. <laughs> Hey, hey, what do you say? Todd calls out to you, his big hand whirly birds out the car window in a nerdy wave. Be nice, your mom cautions. Yeah, maybe Todd's different now, says your dad. Oh, yeah, he's different, all right, you moan, from everyone else on this whole planet. Your minivan and the Morris's car both roll up the gravel drive next to Evergreen Cabin. You gaze around. Nothing's changed since last summer. The woods behind your cabin are still dark and deep. The sparkling blue lake in front of the cabin, smooth as glass. A narrow, sandy beach stretches out into an easy curve around the shoreline of the lake. The sun is almost set. 
leaving a fiery pink-orange glow in the sky. There's enough daylight left for you to notice a tape, a note taped to the screen door of your cabin. Cool, you cry. You jump out of the car. That must be a note from my friends, you tell your parents. You sprint across the lawn and up the porch steps. You pull the note off the cabin door. You unfold the note. You read it out loud. Kids only campfire tonight, 8 p.m. at the beach. Oh, wonderful, your mom cries as she hurries up to you. It's only 7 o'clock now. You can help unload the car and then go. Oh, and this will be the perfect opportunity for the other Woods World kids to meet Todd. Yeah, <sighs> and a perfect opportunity to think that I'm a nerd too because I'm with him, you mutter. Fortunately, no one hears you. Your parents and Mrs. Morris have already gone inside the cabin. You watch Todd unload his stuff from the car. He pulls out a red tin box, and as he does, three very large red-haired boys bike up your driveway. They're the Murphy brothers, Jess, Buck, and Sharky. Well, welcome to Woods World, nerdo, says the oldest brother, Sharky. Uh, Sharky is 15. He looks like he's been lifting weight since he was two. Last summer, a kid told you that Sharky got his nickname because, well, getting into a fight with Sharky is like trying to survive a shark attack. I see you brought us a present, Sharky says to Todd. He grabs the tin box and tosses it to his youngest brother, Jess. Hey, Todd shouts, that's, that's my pewter figure collection. Bring that back. Tears form in his eyes as the Murphy brothers pedal away, taking the box with them. The Murphy brothers to are totally werewolves. Ooh, 100%. Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> you try to pretend you don't see Todd crying, but, well, this kid's not a quiet sniffler. He is a loud sobber. <laughs> Todd cries. Tears spurt out of his eyes like... A water main break in the middle of Main Street. All right, all right, you finally say, I'll go to the campfire. I will get your precious pewter collection back. No, no, I'm coming too, Todd says. He wipes his nose on his sleeve. Oh! You glance over the porch. Your parents are so busy talking, they don't even notice that Todd's tears are flooding the place. But you notice, though. So now you have to decide if you're going to bring Todd to the campfire or leave him to cry at the cabin. Leave that bitch to cry at the cabin. I am not taking this nerd with me. All right. Maggie, what do you think? Uh, I guess I agree. Uh, We don't have a tiebreaker today. All right. We're going to ditch Todd and go to the campfire. You leave Todd to cry alone in the cabin. Look, you stay here and unpack your stuff, you say to Todd. I'll go to the campfire and get the box back for you. You hurry out the cabin door. You head for the usual campfire spot at the south end of the beach. Giant fire is already blazing when you get there. You see your friend, Lauren Woods. Her parents own Woods World. She and the regular crowd of Woods World kids are sitting around the fire, listening to Sharky Murphy. Tell a creepy story. Remember the legend of werewolves? Sharky sang mysteriously. At first, you may think you're talking to a friend, but when the full moon comes out from behind a cloud, you'll see hair begin to grow on your friend's face. Fangs take the place of teeth. A voice that was once human turns to a beastly howl. Sharky pauses and lowers his voice to a whisper. Luck, he says. The full moon is out tonight. This is the perfect night for the werewolves of Woods World to appear. No one's safe. Not now. Not ever. Sharky laughs an evil laugh as he finishes his story. The kids sitting around the campfire 
study each other's faces, searching for hair, or maybe fangs. As clouds cover the full moon, the campfire party breaks up. Everyone says goodnight, and Lauren Woods laughs as she calls to you. Hey, nighty-night! Don't let the werewolves bite! Hey, did you ever see a werewolf, Sharky? One of the younger kids asks before he leaves. Ha! <laughs> laughs Sharky. My brother and I saw plenty of werewolf tracks in the woods just before we came to this campfire. Isn't that right, Jess? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you made them. Youngest Murphy brother says, Yeah, we saw the wolf tracks when we were burning that nerdy kid's box. So, you think to yourself, they buried Todd's box. But where? You promised to get the box back for Todd. But you, should you really go out alone tonight when the moon is full? If you want to go back to the cabin, let me know. Otherwise, your other choice is to go and look for the box tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't want to deal with Todd, but it's probably not a good idea to go out alone. But we did ditch him, and we, you know, did promise to get his box back. Yeah, and it is his stuff. He should probably, like, lift a finger to come get that stuff. So I, All right. I guess one of the we'll options have... to get Todd? Yeah, right, I guess. We'll go get yeah. Todd. Okay. The full moon, the black sky, and the thought of werewolves in the woods, they kind of help you decide what to do. You are definitely going back to the cabin. You can always hunt for the box in the morning. As you walk along the path back to Evergreen Cabin, Lauren catches up with you. Hey, I'm sure glad you're back this summer. That werewolf thing is really bad for business. What, you don't really believe there, there are werewolves in these woods, do you, Lauren? You ask. I didn't. Until I started hearing the howling, she says quietly. Have you heard it yet? Oh, give me a break! You laugh as you reach your cabin. It's it's probably just the wind blowing through the trees. Yeah, probably, Lauren agrees. She nervously twists the sand of her long black hair around her finger. Well, um, see you tomorrow. The lights are all out in your cabin. You enter quietly. You tiptoe past your parents' room, the Morris's rooms. They're all sleeping. But... You hear a noise coming from the room that you're sharing with Todd. What is it? The noise you hear is Todd crying into his pillow. You're too tired to talk now. Instead, you just take off your sneakers, climb into bed with your clothes on, and just as you drift off to sleep, you hear noise. Ha! You hear that? Todd cries. He jumps out of his bed and runs over to your bedside. The light from the full moon casts an eerie glow over Todd's terrified face. Look, don't be afraid. It's, it's just the wind, he muttered. Todd leaps into your bread. Leaps into your bed and screams, Oh, it's a wild animal! Before you can answer, a rock with a note flies through your open window and lands on the wooden floor. You push Todd aside and wriggle out of bed. You pick the rock up, you tear the note off, and you lead it aloud. The werewolves of Woods World, they love to see red. So the box that was yours is now their box instead. The werewolves of Woods World disappear at dawn, so you must find the box before this night is gone. Well, fuck. Well, spook. Spooky, spooky, <sighs> fuck, fuck. Okay, Todd, you announce. You fold up the note and slip it into your jean pocket. This means war. Yeah! Todd agrees with a sudden burst of courage. He grips your arm and asks, Uh, what werewolves? Where? 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to find out, you reply. You quickly fill Todd in on Sharky's story about the werewolves. You slip your sneakers back on. Todd pulls his jeans over his Looney Tunes pajamas and holding a flashlight in one hand and a nervous Todd in the other, you sneak out the front door. Slowly, you and Todd creep down the porch steps. You step onto the grass and stop. You hear the rustling in the bushes near the cabin. Who's there? You demand in a loud whisper. The only answer is another haunting <coughs> from somewhere deep in the woods. Clouds cover the full moon now, making it difficult to see the path. You spot two sets of blinking lights in the distance. Two red lights blink in the direction leading to the beach. Two white lights blink in the opposite direction, down a path that leads deep into the woods. Which way? Todd asks, clinging to your arm. So red lights or white lights? Hmm. The red lights were in the tree in the woods, right? And um, the white no, lights. The red lights the... are the beach, white lights are the woods. Hmm. The woods, I think? Isn't that where the werewolf brothers took the box? Yeah, that's where they took the box. So we should definitely like go look for the box. They specifically said it was in the woods. Okay, mm -hmm. so white lights in the woods. You decide to take the path through the woods that leads to the white lights. Please, hurry, Todd begs you. I need my box back. Those pewter figures are, are like my best friends. Well, we'll get them back or my name isn't Phineas Z. Smeltzen Seltzer, you say. But your name isn't Phineas Z. Smeltzen Seltzer, Todd answers. Nerd. Misses the joke entirely. Oh, brother, you sigh. Come on, Todd. We'll, we'll follow this path. You start to hike into the woods. The path is lined with a wall of thick, dark brushes. You know, two lights probably mean double trouble, Todd warns. He follows too closely behind you. He keeps stepping on your heels. Yeah, more like triple trouble when you're dealing with the Murphy brothers, you add. You don't really care about Todd's box, but you don't really think that the bullies should wreck anyone's vacation. Not at Woods World. I mean, not even Nerdy Todd's vacation. A strange noise ahead on the path catches yours and Todd's attention. It sounds like twigs cracking. What's that? Todd asks, clinging to your arm. You hear the noise again, and then you spot a person hiding in the shadows of an evergreen tree. Who's there? You stutter. You shine your flashlight towards the person's, towards the person's face. Lauren? You cry. What are you doing out here so late? Lauren Woods squints into the glare of the flashlight. Hey, get that light out of my eyes, she calls. You point the beam of light at the ground as Lauren steps out from behind the tree. Look, I, I saw weird lights blinking outside my cabin window. I decided to investigate, Lauren explains. What about you? Why are you creeping around the woods at night? Oh, the Murphy brothers stole Todd's red tin box with his pewter figure collection in it, you tell her. You then introduce Lauren to Todd and then continue. Uh, we're out looking for it. All right, I'll help, Lauren volunteers. Let's just hope we find the box and not the Murphys. I mean, they're bigger and meaner than... Oh! Lauren trips on something and grabs onto Todd. Todd reaches out for you, and like dominoes, you all fall down in a line. Your flashlight signs on a mound of freshly dug dirt. You glance around. There are a lot of piles of dirt. Hey, you say. Look, either we've landed in a gopher's paradise or someone's buried something here. Let's start digging. All three of you pick a different mound of fresh dirt 
and start digging with your hands. In minutes, you and Lauren stand up and at the exact same time shout, I found it! You are both holding up identical-looking red tin boxes. Oh, my collection! Todd shrieks. You take a closer look at the two boxes. I'm sorry, Todd, you announce. I don't think either of these is the boxes that we're looking for. Lauren hands you the box that she found. You show Todd that one box is labeled Smarts Box. The other is labeled Super Strength Box. You're about to open them when you hear a chilling, A thunderous crashing noise comes from the woods in front of you. Something's coming towards you. Fear grips you. You clutch the two boxes tightly. You dash across the path and crouch behind a large rock. A wall of bushes bursts apart. A snarling, red-eyed, sharp-fanged beast bounds through the leaves. Scream Todd and Lauren. It's a werewolf! Todd yells in horror. Lauren covers her eyes and screams, I can't look! The darkness makes it impossible to see clearly, and you're afraid to turn your flashlight on the beast. You can just barely make out the form of the werewolf. It's standing on all four legs. Todd and Lauren are cornered by the beast. They're screaming for help. The werewolf hasn't spotted you yet, but you have no weapons. What can you do? Wait, you've got it! The boxes! Maybe one of the boxes will help you. If you open the smarts box, you might be able to figure out a genius plan to defeat the werewolf. But then again, if you're super strong, maybe you can fight the werewolf and win. Which box should you open first? Oh, man. Oh, boy. I uh, feel like this is this is going to lead to our doom, right? So, like, we we open up the strength box and then, like, nothing's in it. Because that's how these stories go. <laughs> or we open up the the intelligence one, and then, like, nothing happens, and we look like doofuses. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. I vote smarts. I vote strength. Hmm. Hmm. All right, roll for it. Flip a coin. Yeah. Roll for it. See What What are we rolling? A d20. Okay, whoever gets higher wins. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) Natural 20. God damn it, I got an 18. Okay. (laughs) Smart move. You toss the smarts box to Todd. Here, catch, you shout. Todd misses. The box falls to the ground and the top flies open. I can't look! Lauren cries, still hiding her eyes. It, it's cereal! Todd exclaims. Cherry-O's! Sure enough, cherry-colored O's spill out of the box. The snarling werewolf's eyes light up when it sees food. It sniffs the ground where the O's spilled. Its fangs spear one! The werewolf pulls the O-shaped cereal out of its drooling mouth and stares at it. The werewolf can't seem to decide whether to eat it or play with it. A piece of the Smarts Box cereal is lying on the ground near your foot. You pick it up, you smell it, you pop it into your mouth. It it tastes like ordinary Cheerios. But as soon as you swallow it, you know there's nothing ordinary about this cereal. Your head feels strange. Ideas and thoughts fill your mind faster than you can blink. What's happening to me, you wonder? Your mind is racing. In seconds, every math fact you ever learned popped into your head. Every spelling word you've ever studied flashes before you. The theory of relativity, the Gettysburg Address, a map of Marco Polo's entire journey. You know it all. Every fact, every piece of trivia you've ever heard right there in your mind. You've never felt so smart in your life. The O's, you exclaim. The cereal in the smarts box is smart food. Well, let's be smart then, Lauren cries, peeking out from behind her hands. Let's run while the werewolf is busy with the food. Immediately, your brilliant brain has another idea. 
We are going to capture this werewolf and show it to the world, you announce. Don't be stupid, Orin shouts. We have to run now. Think fast. What's it going to be? Capture the werewolf or run? Run. 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 Run! You shout. You take off, holding the boxes in your arms. You glance back to see if Lorne and Todd are following. It's so dark in the woods, you can't find your friends. We're right behind you! Lauren assures you. Run! You shout again. Your whole body smacks up against a tree trunk. Oh! You gasp. The impacts knock the air right out of you. Ow! Lauren adds, slamming to your back. Ow! Todd cries. He plows into Lauren. You feel the ache of sudden airlessness, but the ache instantly turns into a stinging feeling all over your legs, arms, neck, face. Oh! Ah! Todd screams. He jumps up and down and rolls on the ground. Fire ants! Oh, Todd's right, you say for the first time. This tree trunk is a big red fire ant colony. You flip the switch on your flashlight. The light reveals thousands of angry ants marching on their enemies. That is to say, you, Todd, and Lauren. Ow, these things will eat us alive, Todd shouts. I did a science report on them once. Shouldn't we get out of here? Lauren asks. She slaps at a column of ants crawling up her bare legs. Their bites and stings make Lauren's legs puff up immediately. She can't get the ants off of her body. They keep stinging and they march towards her neck and face. Should we go back and face the werewolf? Todd asks you. Or do we stay here and oh, get eaten alive by these ants? Lauren asks. It's all up to you. Why is running not an option? <laughs> yeah. You're Risk serious, werewolf Or battle the army of ants? Uh, how are we supposed to take on the ants when we've already battled the... I mean, take on the werewolves when we've already gone after the ants? Like, our bodies are going to be, like, achy and stingy and in pain, but they're just going to be in more pain if we stay here with the ants. I think... I think we should go after the werewolf. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. I agree. <clears throat> you decide to turn back and face the werewolf. You could easily handle one or two of those horrible red fire ants, but thousands of them are running for your ankles. Come on, let's get out of here, you shout to Lorne and Todd. With you in the lead, the three of you turn back on the path and run. This time, you run right into a snarling, growling werewolf. The moon suddenly appears from behind a cloud. The face of the werewolf is captured by the moonlight. You see its filthy fur, drenched in thick, slimy drool. Its long red tongue licks its fangs. It stands on its two hind legs and its clawed front paws. Reach for you. The werewolf! Todd cries. I knew we should have stayed where we were! The werewolf turns to Todd. A disgusting-looking red foam dribbles from its mouth and drips down its ragged fur. You can smell Cheerios on the werewolf's breath. It moves closer to Todd. Closer. Todd screams. Bye, Todd. <laughs> Todd sneezes. The werewolf's fur makes Todd's allergies act up instantly. Damn it. Grizzonite. <laughs> Todd looks at you. Then at Lauren. What did you say? He asks. I said Grizzonite. A deep, growling voice answers. Todd whirls around. Huh? Gesundheit, the werewolf repeats. I, I was speaking in German. Instead of saying, bless you, I said Gesundheit. You and Lauren inch back behind a huge tree. What happened to the werewolf, she whispers. Now he's talking like we talk. The smarts box, you whisper back. Those O's must do a lot more than fill a person's head with facts. Anyone who eats it gets good manners. The werewolf is talking just like a polite human being. You and Lauren stay hidden a little while longer. Uh, my mother talks to our cat, 
Lauren says, but your friend is actually talking to a werewolf. Todd and the talking werewolf are acting as if they've been friends for years. The red foam and the bubbling and the frothing. It doesn't seem to upset Todd at all. Oh, here, take this, Todd says, handing the werewolf a tissue. You've got gunk coming out of your mouth. Wipe it off. The werewolf takes the tissue, wipes his mouth, and says, Oh, thank you, Todd. Now, oh, if only the Murphy brothers could act like you, Todd declares. You're so polite, and they're such beasts! No sooner does Todd mention the word beasts than something horrible crashes through the bushes. Todd shrieks. The polite werewolf runs. You open your mouth to scream, too. Do you scream? Hmm. Uh, no, because we're no. not bitch asses like Todd. Well, one, I'm not a bitch ass like Todd. Fuck Todd. And two... <laughs> Too. Uh, that seems like inviting werewolves over to where I am. Let Todd get fucked. Like, right? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. No scream comes out of your mouth. You quickly see the horrible beasts coming through the woods are none other than Sharky, Jess, and Buck Murphy. Ha! You see someone mention the Murphys? Sharky whoops. He runs right up to Todd and gives him a shove. Well, nerdo, here we are. Big as life, twice as scary. So, you haven't found your stupid box yet? Jess taunts. Buck sneaks up behind Todd and pinches his ear. In an evil-sounding voice, he whispers, Did the werewolves get you yet? (laughs) Buck's laughter doesn't laugh long. It stops in his throat when a hairy hand pinches his ear. And a growling voice whispers, Did someone mention werewolves? It's Todd's werewolf friend. The smart box must have worn off. Todd's friend isn't looking quite so well-mannered anymore, and all that's left is its ability to talk. (laughs) Looks like I'm getting the last laugh. The werewolf growls at the trembling Murphy brothers. Oh, don't hurt us! Buck begs the beast. The werewolf snarls and lifts Buck up by his collar. Its hairy paws close around Buck's neck. No, don't do it! Lauren cries out. Sharky and Jess Murphy are huddled together next to a tree. They have their eyes covered, but you can see the tears streaming down their cheeks. You've never seen the Murphys look so scared. The werewolf ignores Lauren's plea, but then Todd speaks up. Hey, hey, please don't hurt them! Todd says gently. For a second, it seems as if the werewolf is listening to Todd. But then it tightens its grip on Buck. The werewolf moves over to where Sharky and Jess stand, shivering in their black high-top sneakers. (laughs) Growls the werewolf, ready to finish off all three Murphys. You have to help us! The Murphys cry. To help? Or not to help? That is the question. Hmm. They were bitch asses. Yeah, they're kind of bitch asses. And like, I feel like they're getting what they deserve because they've been like shit since page one. So yeah. I'm going to well, say don't the thing. It, uh It doesn't give us an option here. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The werewolf puffs as you pounce on it. Sorry, you say. I have to help the Murphys. Use all of your strength to pull the werewolf off the Murphys. You can't do it alone. Help me, Todd! You plead. Todd looks at the Murphys and at you. And then he stares at the werewolf, who was his friend, even if only for a few minutes. And Todd knows what he has to do. He jumps onto the werewolf with you, and together you knock it to the ground. The Murphys! 
do deserve to cry, Todd says as he struggles with the beast, but they don't deserve to be a three-course meal for a werewolf. Yes, they do. Worse the werewolf. It twists back and forth with new strength. You and Todd have freed the Murphys. Now the werewolf runs free too. He runs into the darkness with an ear piercing. Even though you and Todd have tried your hardest, the werewolf has escaped. You're exhausted. You, Todd, Lauren, and the Murphys fall to the ground. The last thing you remember is staring up at the dark sky. A full moon stares back. Honey? You hear your mom's voice. Honey, you've been sleeping for hours. Are you feeling all right? You open your eyes and look around for Todd. Uh, uh, where is he? Where's Todd? You ask your mother. Oh, Todd's asleep, too. I had to wake you finally to tell you that the Morrises and, and Dad and I are going to go play tennis. Can you and Todd stay here out of trouble while we're gone? <sighs> Mom, you assure her. Don't, don't worry. What kind of trouble could we possibly get into at Woodworld? Now well, you're right, Mom says. All right, then. See you later. She leaves, and you lie in bed thinking of all of the events of the night before. Was it all a weird dream? Yeah, that's it. It must have been a dream. You close your eyes, and for a few minutes, silence, until you hear a familiar voice. Hey, hey, what do you say? It's Todd's same goofy-sounding voice. But when you open one eye, you see a hairy, scary werewolf standing in the doorway wearing Todd's Looney Tunes pajamas. Hello! Oh, no. Bitch got turned. If this is not a bad dream, well, you sure hope it is. The end. <gasps> oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Wow. Well, <laughs> well, well, we didn't die like the last time. Oh, yeah. The last time we did this, we died like five times in a row. We were like real yeah. shit at making decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. We made all the good decisions this time. We did. I was saying, like the last time we did this, we what? Your dies died on like the third page and then we did it again. And it was like the fifth page. Yeah. We had to keep yeah. going back to go take the other choice because we were like, well, that was five minutes of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God damn it, Todd. Fucking Piece of Todd. shit, Todd. Oh, uh, that was fun. That was fun. When was this? When did this one come out? Like 1996? This was 1996. Oh, I pinged that right. <laughs> it was, uh, it was the, hey, hey, what do you say? That, uh, <laughs> Really, really made me feel like wearing geometric patterns and a backwards cap while I ride my skateboard around. <laughs> yeah, first edition, April 1996. Wow. Scholastic Inc. Parachute Press. That makes me feel very old. There's like so many of them out now. They, they keep pushing them out. They're still like a monthly thing. Like if you go on mm -hmm. the Scholastic website and you find your way to the goosebumps section like thousands i can't believe that they still pump these out like they're such trash i just <laughs> like, just well, at the same time okay you remember being in elementary school this was a big deal back then yeah serial fiction for kids was absolutely like a huge deal mm -hmm. but god it's all true like as a kid, I mean, like, I ate them up, of course I did, but as an adult, I went through, when I was doing the MFA and I was doing my bibliography and I was looking for, like, scary kid books, I was like, oh, I'll just reread Goosebumps. And I was like, I will never touch another one of these again. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Why did I like this? And so I do wonder, because, like, 
the choose your own adventure stories, right? You have like so many ways to get through those. And like most of the time, you know, you reach the end and you're like, oh, well, I wonder what happens if I go the other way, you know? So you go back mm-hmm. a couple of choices and figure your way out from there. I remember doing that with um, Return to Terror Tower, which is actually very hard to say. There's a lot of T's in it. Return but... to Terror Tower. Yes, that's the one where uh, you and your younger brother uh, get transported back through time in the Tower of London. And some creepy dude is like chasing you all through the Tower of London and you're like trying to find your parents and get out. And they they did an episode of it on the Goosebumps show and. They ended up like rewriting the ending so that like you were actually originally the prince and princess, which I think was one of the choices for the book. But you were like originally a, a prince and princess from the past that you got sent back to. And huh. you didn't belong in the future. And that's why when you went up to people in the restaurant and you were like, mom, dad, they were like, who? <laughs> what? No, we don't have children. Fuck that. Um, but like. Goosebumps has, and I, I bring this up on the podcast constantly because they've got some of like the best parents in middle grade literature. Because like one of the symptoms of middle grade is that the parents are often completely removed from the story. You know, like Disney does it best where they're just like, you know what, they're dead. That's how they're we're gonna make the child protagonist do everything. The parents are dead, and but the the parents in Goosebumps are like totally inept. <laughs> like, there's there's one where the dad is making plant monsters in the basement and the kid finds a body down there and he comes up and he's like, mom, there's a dead body in the basement. And the mom just responds like, shut up, Jeremy, I'm doing the dishes like like I mean, that's in, it. in mom's defense there, if you had kids and one of them just randomly came up and said, hey, there's a body in the basement. Uh, would you believe that? No. <laughs> But it is still like a funny response, you know, like that there's there's not even a uh uh-huh. Yeah, there's a body in the basement. It's just shut up, (laughs) (laughs) which which, and it'll never come up because the books are so short, you know, but like how many times did Jeremy come up and say that there was a body in the basement for you to just be like, oh, my God, Jeremy, shut up. (laughs) Like arsenic and old lace all over again. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's so crap but i love it it's like it's like my addiction to b films you know like watching low budget horror movies and you can see when it changes to the prop kind of thing like i love that that's what goosebumps is goosebumps is b literature (laughs) when when i was the age where all of my classmates were reading goosebumps i was in a pretty big sherlock holmes kick so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really missed out there. I had I had a really big Sherlock Holmes kick in elementary school. We had we had a uh, a PC game for Sherlock, and oh my god, just remembering the PC that we played it on. First off, not even towers, right? We had that big like box thing that you put the monitor on top of. <laughs> I mean, with the box was like twenty pounds of computer. Mm-hmm. And the CD drive wasn't one of those where, like, it came out. You had a special case that you had to put the CD into. Oh, and then, that was, like, 92, 93-ish, that, like, very specific. Yes, very, very specific. I think this still had the, what, four-and-a-half-inch floppy disk drive with it, too. Like, oh, this yeah. is an old computer. And you had to put that in a special case and then push that in and then go through uh, DOS to run the CD. Like it was a whole thing, but we had a Sherlock Holmes game and it was like impossible for me to play as an elementary school student. You know, it just, it, it required you to listen to and pay attention to so much, but I still loved it, you know, cause I'm like, mm. if you just click enough everywhere all over the screen, you'll eventually find what you're looking for. <laughs> Which I I wasn't wrong. We'll put it that way. But it like took me forever to get through the game. And I don't even remember what the plot was. Uh, That was the the same era as Seventh Guest and Mist when they first came out. 
Oh, goodness. Yeah, and that whole, like, large puzzle game RPG kind of phase that the whole world went through for some crazy reason. Because <laughs> they could, most of it. Mist was yeah. a big hit, and Ooh. everybody wanted to do that. Mist was a big hit. I remember, like, a year ago, somebody was talking about they were going to make... Um, either a tv show or a film of, of mist i'm like what's it gonna be oh, two hours of me flipping a fucking switch trying to figure out what the hell it does <laughs> no, they're still working on it too are they really yeah that makes me happy because yeah. i genuinely want to know what they're gonna do and if they don't have constant references to just like doing shit that has no effect because you don't have the right items yet i'm gonna be so <laughs> mad but all this is before Maggie's time, so we're yeah. just yep. kind of... I was about to say, I'm like, here. I don't know what any of this stuff is because I'm a baby. Yes, it's very nice to have somebody my age on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is close to your age. Dan is like three or four years younger than me. So he's and close that's to better than, than the six years younger than I am from you. <laughs> Fucking child. <laughs> You know what? Do do schools? Um, I mean, Rob, you might know because you you teach. Do schools still have scholastic book fairs? Um, elementary schools and middle schools, yes. I miss book fair. Yeah, I don't think high schools. My high school, at least, never had a book fair. We had we had book fair, but like when when Rob and I were in high school <laughs> together, we like, yes, yeah, together. Um, for that what one one year two one yeah one Three. year. Three it years. Was, it was a whole three years. Oh, I thought you were in Audrey's class. No, no, no. I was a year ahead of you. Oh, well then, yes. The whole three years that we were in high school, like teen literature was what we would call middle grade now. So coming in for like any of the book fair stuff that we did get was like. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember anyone in high school reading teen literature because then it wasn't young adult. It was teen literature. And what they really well, it was meant... very much like, but and, and when we say teen literature, it was very much, they tried to market it towards teens, but like you said, it's the kind of stuff that they market towards tweens right now. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely a did not understand that kids read up kind of thing at the time. So we're like a lot of middle school kids now read young adult because they read up, you know, like they're like, oh, I'm I'm 12 and this character is 16. So that's what I'm going to read about. Just like when you're in high school, you want to read about someone your age or older, not a 12 year old. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in that era where um they finally started transitioning from like tween literature to actual teen. Why? Like YA. I don't, I don't think they actually called it YA yet. Uh, back then. I, I worked in a library when I was in high school and they did call it YA, but it was very much that, that younger tween kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had started transitioning to that. My high school didn't do book fairs for us. Um, but we did do it in elementary school. I don't remember if my middle school did or intermediate school because we're fancy schmancy pantsy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I never read R.L. Stein, and I'm pretty sure I've told this to Jesse before, but I was scared poopless of it when I was a kid because <laughs> I'm a little scaredy cat. I really yeah. do not, um, you know do well with any amount of horror and R.L. Stein was just like too much for little old baby Maggie. So, but yeah, I think, I think the only goosebumps books that ever actually like genuinely scared me when I read them were the ones with Slappy, um, which Maggie, obviously you don't know, but Slappy is oh. the uh, puppet. Oh God. Oh, Puppets are awful. okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, puppets are awful. Is right, puppets. <laughs> puppets absolutely like freak me the fuck out anymore. And uh, Slappy is the reason. Slappy's a fucking creep. Uh, anyway, 
Yeah. Did you know that our newsletter subscribers get to have the chance to ask our author guests a question? You can too. Just visit bookedallnight.blog and <laughs> click the link for our newsletter to sign up. Our subscribers also get early access to excerpts and giveaways. Sign up today at bookedallnight.blog. I think this is Maggie's way of singing us off. <laughs> no, that That's was the. Huh? There's a newsletter plug note here in the show notes. I'm like, ah, gotta do that because I forgot we were recording an episode. Oh, I put newsletter okay. plug. Oh, I do. I do have the newsletter plug to have that in there, and that's true. So I think what recently finished on the blog was um, Swamp Thing Twin Branches. So we have a bunch of previews up for that. But if you were a newsletter subscriber, as Maggie said, you'd already have all of that in your inbox. So, uh, but also mostly they. What I'm very surprised no one has taken advantage of is that you can visit us at anchor.fm and leave a message for our next author guest who you would know was coming to to our podcast if you were a subscriber. And so like people have missed out on Melissa De La Cruz and uh, Somea Daoud and Swathi Teardala and like all these other amazing, amazing authors. And mostly you made us do a lot of work. So come. Ask questions. We'll play them for the author. You get to ask them in your own voice, just like you were at a convention, which we can't do now because of COVID, which is its own horror story. Mm. How long? How long do you think it'll be before a Goosebumps about COVID comes out? I I think it's going to wait a little bit because, I mean, we're still going through it and a lot of people, it's going to be too close. So three, four years at least. Superstore release, released a COVID uh, season, or they're releasing. Nope. Their, their most recent season is uh, the, the pandemic. Uh, I haven't seen it yet because I'm only like two seasons in, but I got a notification about it from Google saying, hey, did you know that Superstore is releasing a new season? And I clicked it. I'm like, oh, I thought they, they uh, canceled the show. And nope. It's uh the first episode is about how they're all essential workers. So you know. Oh no, that's that could be really true. good. That yeah. could be really yeah, good. Yeah, they've been really good so far, from what I've seen at least, but I haven't seen I haven't seen the most recent season. Seasons. I, think I... I just got to the part where they thought they were gonna cancel the show and then they were suddenly renewed. Um and they were like, oh, shit, we have plot. with the hurricane. <laughs> oh shit yeah regardless that is all the time that we have for tonight see you next time when we discuss more awesome YA and middle grade books check out the links in the show notes to follow the show or connect with us personally on Facebook and Twitter and don't forget to visit bookedallnight.blog for more book reviews blog tours and roundups Whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, make sure you drop a five-star review of the show. Good night, my little bitch-ass Todd. (laughs) Wow. Yo, Yo, fuck Todd. (laughs) And I'm so proud of you for finally uh, not pausing on your noun of the night. Yeah, I I came up with that one right before I started doing the closer. I'm like, uh, noun of the night, right. What's relevant? Bitch-ass Todd. Bitch ass Todd. Everybody knows a Todd. Everybody Everybody knows a Todd. Everybody.